Hello, it's us. I'm Melody Hansen, Editor-in-Chief, and next to me is Lynn Wachgen, Managing Director of the Lützebäuer Journal. Why can you listen to this podcast for free? Well, we want to give you a sample of what we do. Did you know that you can read or listen to all of our articles in French, English and German? Even our podcasts are multilingual. We do slow news for everyone living and or working in Luxembourg. And we don't bombard you with news. Instead, we present you with the full spectrum of issues that really matter. Whether it's personal stories, politics, culture, finance and everything in between. And now, enjoy the episode. We get back to you later. Luxembourg Waffle with Nora and Teo. Hello everyone and welcome to the Luxembourg Waffle podcast where we chat about the multicultural aspect of living in Luxembourg. I'm your expat host Theo and I'm joined as ever by Laura who will represent the red, white and blue of Luxembourg. Laura, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. What's up with you? Uh, I'm doing okay as well. <laughs> I'm doing okay as well. I just mentioned the red, white and blue because I see a flag over there and yeah. walking right past that. Uh, and it's the blue is not, it's more sky blue. It's not like yeah. blue, blue. Exactly, because uh, I don't know if you know the reason why. I don't. Tell um, me. Okay, so actually there's like a big similarity to the one, the Dutch one. Yes. And to uh, the market, do you say the market? Yeah, to make, to put a difference to it. Mm. Um, they decided that the Dutch one is cobalt blue and ours is sky blue. So you had it correctly. It's okay. really light blue. Sky blue. Yeah. Very nice. I was checking on that recently. And I saw that there's been a few of uh, attempts to change that. And when I when I mentioned <laughs> that to you before our episode, your reaction was like, "Yeah, people try that every few yes, years." Yes, so they I'm do. not sure this is as great find as <laughs> I thought it was at once. It's a. Uh, it, I, I learned it's been unchanged for since hundreds of years. Yeah. So the flag was. I looked it up from the 12th century. That was the first Amazing. mention of the flag that we have now. Nice. Yeah. So it still has the red, white and blue, except that you have stripes of blue and uh, white. And on that you have a lion, which would be hard to draw for kids. It and has multiple tails. <laughs> like, yeah, it has claws. It has a crown. Yes. You know, a so. lot of gold in there. Mm. Yeah. Apparently the white is not white, but silver. But I didn't know that until I Googled this morning. Okay. So let's just say it's fancier. Apparently... Well, that's what I read. Uh, it had been the crest of the royal family, the House of Luxembourg, which during the which was a very successful family during the Holy Roman Empire, and had multiple lands other than Luxembourg, some lands in Belgium and Germany and and, and whatnot. Huh. So that was their uh, coat of arms, right? They would they would wear that, okay, and that got translated to uh, Lux the Luxembourgish flag. So. Yeah. You know more than me. You make me feel like I'm in a pub quiz and the section about Luxembourg comes up. Because every time I feel like that's stuff I should know as Luxembourgish person, but I don't. So that's the feeling you give me. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry about. Sorry for putting you in a game that might as well be titled, <laughs> How Luxembourgish Are You? <laughs> um, so I've had a lot of uh, friends who are, who are expats, mostly people who aren't from the Uh, EU yes. try to learn Luxembourgish uh, to get the passport. Oh, yeah. how, how do you feel about that when people do that? Or how do Luxembourgish people feel about <laughs> that generally? Um, I, 
I mean, we have a lot of people every year that get Luxembourgish identity, uh, nationality. So I mm. checked that. And last year, for example, it was 10,499 people give, getting it, which is quite a lot for the small country we are. Yeah. Uh, and for me personally, and that's what I feel or hear also from conversations with other people, is that if you speak Luxembourgish, then we are super fine with it because that's I think that's one of the main things we... Um, build our identity around because we're just few people speaking it actually mm -hmm. even here so i think the fact that they added this i think it was in 2008 or something i don't remember it exactly but um the fact that they added having a luxembourgish test makes people here more okay with others getting nationality okay um but about the uh, passport actually The Luxembourg passport tends to be really highly rated. Oh, yeah. And most people know that. But it was uh, ranked 10th most recently in the Henley Index, which is probably the most uh, reputable ranking for passports. And it's, it's based on the fact that you can go to 189 countries without a visa. That's a lot. Mm. That's really a lot. Yeah. yeah. Have you made good use of it? Um, I have somehow, but funnily, uh, often since you don't need the passport for a lot of countries in the EU or whatever, uh, you will go just with your identity card. Mm. And that one is not known at all, even if you go to some neighboring countries. So the passport will get is like a free pass, but the identity card is, is funny. It's not known that much. <laughs> So that may cause some trouble at the airport. They the, looking at uh, the it. ID. Yeah, the ID. Oh, okay. Because okay. it looks strange. Apparently, I don't know why. But mm, that's not wrong. <laughs> that's not wrong. <laughs> I, I went to, I went to Greece with my ex girlfriend once, and okay. she had a Luxembourgish ID, right? And we crossed from Bulgaria into Greece. Okay. And the the police officer they spent like 15 minutes looking at her oh. ID, like. <laughs> But they came back and they weren't like, they didn't have any issue. They were just like, I've never seen this one yeah, before. What yeah. are you doing here? Which is funny because <laughs> you we guys usually a lot. fly. <laughs> Why are you coming by car? <laughs> so I think this uh, transitions us really nice into our conversation about Luxembourg's identity because we have our next guest who would be great to talk to about that. And we're pretty close to Urban, actually, where we're going to talk to Lisa McLean, director of RCT Radio. And who better to talk to about that, right? Oh, true. You know Aura, right? I know it, yes, okay. of course. <laughs> and there are Luxembourgish people there, expat people, so it's, it's not just an expat thing. It's a good mix, thing. yeah. Good, good. Well, let's find out. Okay, let's go in. And we're back with our guest, Elisa McLean, Managing Director of RCT Radio, Or, as I used to call her when I used to work at Ara Boss. <laughs> hey, Lisa, how are you doing? Good to see you, Dale. Um, and I, I don't actually think I, I, I don't used think to call you ever you called me Boss, but that's fair. <laughs> It sounds good now. <laughs> maybe as a joke in the morning, like Morning Boss. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Something like that. Um, but it's, uh, I'm really happy to have you on and to chat about that because we talked about Luxembourgish identity and all that just before. And, you know, you would definitely have an interesting insight. Am I right in saying that Ara started in 1992? Yeah. Right. Yep, so we're did. the same age. I'm, I was you, born in 1992. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Ara are in the same age. So it's not just Luxembourg. It's not just expat. It's sort of a mix of like Luxembourg. But when you started, was it like that as well? So I wasn't involved in the actual startup. I came here a couple of years afterwards. I came in 94. Okay. Um, oh, my birth year. <laughs> na, yeah. So, and, and the first thing I'll say is if you call me an expat, I might just leave. But that's okay. Um, we'll sort that out now. 
Um, but yeah, you're right. I think I think genuinely, Ara City Radio, Radio Ara has been going for longer. Um, Radio Ara, which you know has the eclectic music shows at night and the graffiti program in the afternoon. Um, it's um, night. Well, actually, they've been going since '92. Ara City Radio has been going since mm. 2000. Okay. So the English part has been has been yeah mm. the, the the newer part. Mm. And I think genuinely, when when uh, when Ara City started, it, it probably was for the expat community. What if that's what you want to call the English <laughs> speaking community that was here at the time, um, and um, it would have been Anglo. You know, in right. terms of British, American, Canadian, maybe some Scandinavians oh, yeah. listening in, you know, so it was quite different. And, and that changed, I'd say, round about 2008 when the new member states yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> arrived. Now, genuinely, they could have had, you know, people could have chosen French or German as their second language. But the reality was they, they chose English as their second language. And um, that made a huge difference to our, our audience, to our listenership. Mm. And we changed along with that. We had to become less Anglo-centric. Okay. Um, and I think we were very conscious of that. Um, I think also, uh, you know, it depends who's on the show, who's hosting the breakfast show, you know, how, how uh, where they've grown up, what they've yeah. done, who they are. Um, but we were we were always a little bit different in that respect. I mean, Phoebe was uh, from London, but she was a real rock chick. She wasn't um, <laughs> the, the, the original DJs were maybe more sort of um, English centric oh, right. um, or Anglo centric. And, and genuinely, I think 2008 was a real turning point for, for us. And pandemic was another turning point when, when basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had to close the, the, the business part of our city radio. And, but we kept the um, the English part going. It's now Ara International, and we embraced more of the multilingual aspects of Luxembourg. Because 2016, we'd started a sla the Slam Show, which is an Arabic show, and um, then during the pandemic, we we actually were asked to do our local by volunteers. We were asked if we could do the local news in different languages. Okay. So we started to do that during the pandemic. Um, and then from that, we realized, OK, there's more we can be doing for other for other communities here in Luxembourg. So we gave up an hour of our airtime, the English airtime. And we for have, other, yeah, yeah, we yeah. have Polish, we have Romanian, we oh, have wow. um, Arabic. إليكم عناوين الأخبار المحلية والوطنية من دوقية لوكسمبورغ الكبرى ليوم الأربعاء الثالث والعشرين من مارس. مستمعينا العرب سلام بحلقة جديدة من برنامجكم الأسبوعي سلام شو عيد سعيد للجميع يا رب ينعاد عليكم بالخير والصحة والسلام وأيام What's the motivation often? Because I feel like often they would want to represent uh, their, themselves and have their voice sort of heard yeah. for their country or their experience. Yeah, I think each community, I mean, we don't prescribe anything. We kind of leave it up to, the first thing we do really is when we meet with somebody from a different community is just talk to them about who they identify as their community, who do they think their community is, and then what do they think their community needs. So each one of those shows is quite different. It really just depends on, on according to yeah what they talking. think yeah. they want and what they think their community would want. So some of them are very informative if they think their okay. group needs information. The Salam show was very informative originally because it's refugees coming and um, we've, we've changed that around a little bit where we're actually making podcasts um, with information that have more longevity. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the Polish the Polish show that we have, um, the women are just passionate about radio. They'd done radio before. They're passionate about music, passionate about radio and radio gets under your skin. It's different to other mediums. 
So you said you arrived in Luxembourg in 1994? Yeah, I arrived in 1994. So was ARA sort of in a way for you a way to discover Luxembourg as well? And well, sort of I didn't this start, so I didn't start with ARA because that was ARA. Radio ARA started in 1992 and ARA City started in 2000. So I got involved a few years after the startup and um, I actually got involved at ARA because I was bringing people in for interviews. Okay, yeah. And uh, because I was doing sort of communications, public relations for smaller companies. So I was bringing people in for interviews and that's how I got to know the people at ARA. Um, and just, again, like radio gets under your skin and I've ended up doing, <laughs> I mean, I, I was doing sales and marketing for them originally. And in the end, I've done, you know, I do it. I can do everything really because it's a small organization where you have to turn your hand to everything mm. um so did the radio bit draw you towards it yeah i think so and i think just the fact that you meet so many people i mean for me it's like you say did it help me discover luxembourg well in many ways yeah it did because first of all at radio r there's so many different people are in and out the door every day so you meet people that you wouldn't typically meet in another walk of life um so you meet people that way and also you know the fact that you are a journalist and you're you're calling up asking people to come for interviews then you know you maybe then while they're there discover they have something else that they do in their life and then you're <laughs> like oh wow you know you've got that in common or not in common whatever so you do you, you you meet many people I think just because of it and that's been really I'm really grateful for that it's really nice and it's I mean I've had access to theatre pieces that I maybe wouldn't have heard about or you yeah know, music you have a gigs. different insight yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, for me, the best thing was always when someone, or even now, like if someone says, oh, I think you like this gig, you know, somebody <laughs> that knows my taste in music at a colleague who say, I think you like this one, they're coming, I think you might like that. And I'd go along, never having heard them before mm. and go, wow, this is amazing, you know, and really have a great night just on the recommendation of somebody. And that's really lovely. You know, that's a privilege. That, that is neat. I, I kind of relate to that because we were just talking with Laura before that, how well, I mean, I do some of the bits, some of the, I do my homework when I do the intro bits and, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, facts about Luxembourg yeah. that I would not um, find out uh, Just at like all. Just like that, right? yeah. Um, but same for me as a Luxembourgish pe person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where, where you wouldn't know something that you're like, I, so I'm supposed to know that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sort of supposed to know that. Do you feel like Luxembourg is a welcoming country for other communities or nationalities? See, I do. I, I do feel like that. Um, but again, that's a very personal thing. You know, I think different people have different experiences. Yeah. And I mean, it's changed dramatically in the years that I've been here. And it's very cosmopolitan in many ways. I think in other ways, it's still very colloquial, you know, and, and, and that's, that's okay. For me, that's okay. I think I always say you've got the advantage of, you know, many things that are, are belonging to a capital city, yeah. but without the hassle of huge transportation, um, you know, distance and going different, huge sure. distances to get from one place to the other. <laughs> and, you know, okay, the, the housing is, is, dramatically expensive and needs to be dealt with but um you know in terms of cultural offerings we're very privileged that things are, are, are financed to the extent that they are i mean i've got I've, I've told this story many times but my brother called me from london and it was a few years ago now and uh said hey i was just going to book tickets for the barbican and okay. uh He said, I, I realized they're playing in Luxembourg and it's cheaper for me to get a flight and buy tickets <laughs> than to buy them for London. So he flew over and we went to the theater, we had dinner and he had breakfast with us the next morning, flew back and went to work. And, you know, that's crazy. And we probably wouldn't do it now because you're more aware of your, you know, 
carbon footprint. <laughs> but uh, at the time, you know, this is like 15 years ago and it was just for us. You know, you don't see each other very often. That was a really nice thing that you could do. And that's Luxembourg, you know, that you're able to do those. And I think the tickets for the theatre were 25 euros. You know, it's, it's a, you know, it's, that's pretty, amazing. Pretty nice, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, is, that is Luxembourg for it. But Luxembourg is also in the last few years, or Luxembourg City, far more English-speaking, you know? Yeah. Uh, when, do you have, a, a, like, an overview on how English has changed Luxembourg or has changed its uh, evolution in Luxembourg? Yeah. Also, yeah. Yeah, I think when, I mean, when I came here again, when you were talking about Ara City, you know, the, the, they really catered to this anglophone group which was American and, and again I mean 20, 26 years ago 27 years ago when I came here I probably would have known most of the English speakers yeah, at a push I probably would have known most of them yeah. whereas now not at all you know and you walk <laughs> and the other thing that happens when you walk, walk through town you realise there'll be people speaking English together but they're I mean maybe one's Hungarian and one's it's not their mother French tongue yeah. or whatever it's not their mother tongue they're speaking English together and there are many relationships like that you know people certainly together and they're speaking English together so it's changed dramatically in, in that way and I don't think I've noticed it. it's usually members of my family who like my brother coming over he'll say wow this is incredible we used to just hear French when we sat in the <laughs> restaurant and now everybody's speaking English and um yeah, so I think we, you know, you've been here and you, you've changed as Luxembourg has changed. So you, you just absorb the changes, but other people notice the difference. Where do you draw a line between an expat and a person who's just not from here? See, you know. I, th I think uh, for me, when you say expat, it always smacks of some, someone. I mean, I we are privileged, but we're privileged just living in Luxembourg. But it's almost like somebody who came here on a package and is only here for a short time. You know, they're not here for a long time. They're here for a good time. Yeah. You know, whereas um, I left Scotland um, and went to Germany. My partner's German. So we went to Germany. Then we were in the States. Then we we're back in Germany. And then we ended up in Luxembourg. And, you know, I left Scotland in the 80s. There was no work, you know. So I literally, I was no different from anybody else that is a, an economic migrant. So <laughs> yeah. I guess that's why I would, that's what I would. I'm not saying I came to Luxembourg thinking I was going to stay in Luxembourg. I mean, like many people, I probably came thinking, okay, I'd been in other places for, well, Stuttgart, I was there for five years, but other places for like two years and then moved okay, on. Yeah. Probably thought it was going to be like that. But um, in the same instance... I spoke German so very quickly. My kids were little, so right. it's start to learn Luxembourg. Well, I didn't go and learn Luxembourgish, but... Mm. Yeah, if you, if you stay here longer... It's osmosis, yeah. you know, the children. Well, it's a much spielen, geist you know. <laughs> Otherwise, you never <laughs> get a secret language yeah. if you don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. yeah. So, you got that right. So very quickly, I started to, to learn Luxembourgish. Not consciously, but with the kids, you know. So, and then you feel... My kids went to local school, so you feel very at home because you meet... Mm. like people from the village. And so they didn't go to international schools? Like They special. actually did for secondary, okay. but primary school, they went to local primary school and then they went to the international school for secondary, um, more because of our struggle with French than anything <laughs> than anything else. And I, I, we wouldn't need to do that now because there are other international schools. Yeah. But at the time, we just felt it was the right thing for us um, because my husband and I, we do speak French, but it's like... <laughs> <laughs> but it's a hard language. It has a lot of it, we just silent felt it was, letters. And <laughs> yeah, and we felt it was blocking, 
you know, it's when somebody's very mathematical and it's like there's so much emphasis, emphasis on French, we're like, you know, what is this saying? So it was a choice we, we made. I mean, whether it's the right choice, um, they're all decent human beings. So at some point we, we get it right. You know, that's, the, that's all you can ask oh. for. You know? So, yeah. So they were not born here. though. Yeah, two, so. uh, well, one was born in the States. The other two were born here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but their the mother tongue is English or and German, well, I guess. We have or? English and German at home. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they just speak German with their dad, and they speak English with me. And then when they were little, they spoke Luxembourgish together. Okay. And then once they went to the international school, I think it tipped more into English. So I think now typically they would speak English together. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. We touched a bit on the Luxembourgish bit, and I think that's a good moment to get into our Luxembourgish phrase of the episode. <laughs> oh dear. Or a word could be a word, could be a phrase. Okay, um, I'm sure I won't know it because there's so many weird ones. I'm not ones. sure okay. because you speak like somebody, so it was know. tougher for me to choose some words. Um, so let me check. Uh, I got, got one, which is like a... I don't know if it's used that much in everyday speech, but it's something that's so common. From Lammesgebossin. Have you heard it before? Oh, I haven't. I don't know what it is. Okay, you need to put it in a sentence for me. Uh, <laughs> you can just say to someone, "Du bist vom Lammesgeboss." Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. Okay, so actually translated, in, oh no, the, the the meaning is you're crazy or you're throwing a tantrum or something. And Lammes, I had to check it up because it's something I use, but I didn't know what Lammes meant actually. And apparently, it's just a lamp. Yeah. So it's like a baby sheep, <laughs> which is. Weird because you literally say you have been bitten by a little sheep and now you're going crazy, which you would not expect by a lamp. But yeah, so that's something, yeah, you can actually say to someone. Uh, See, I'm too polite. I would never say that to anyone. So that's why I didn't really know that one. That's a good, good <laughs> <No>. explanation. <laughs> but yeah, so it's an interesting one, I find. And it's kind of cute, no? Yeah, that's a cute one. That's <laughs> cute. Do you have something similar in, in, in Scotland? Oh, I'm in sure English? we have really similar ones that are probably not as cute. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Certainly. Certainly some rural yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, farm animals related, exactly. uh, uh, yeah. you know, things uh, like that. Oh, I think we have more of those two. What I did find, which was a kind of nostalgic moment for me, we used to have a YouTube channel with four guys. They called themselves Duckface, but not like as in face, but face as in feet, like some uh, word for yes. feet. It was like a long time ago. And they did every Thursday, they had like a show on YouTube where they would just be like a comedy show, actually. Yeah, yeah. And they had actually also an episode on Luxembourgish phrases where they uh, enacted them, literally. So there was one that I really liked because it's something you might know because you say it to kids a lot of time. Uh, it's, they will die laughing on bush. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. so you know it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Tio, maybe for you, I don't know if you've heard it. Never heard no, it. No, okay, so it literally means the wild people or animals run in the forest. But you say it if a kid, especially kids, wants something and they keep asking for it and you just say... They will laugh on bush because will it's the same word for wild and I want. Okay, yeah. okay. So, so they're that, going a bit wild. Yeah. So as a parent, I think a lot of parents use that. Yes. And it's kind of often to say you're basically not getting it. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's the meaning. <laughs> just in case you're <laughs> yeah. just in case you're wondering. I'm already readying up my parenting vocabulary for Luxembourg. <laughs> Who knows? You can but. write it down then later get back to it. Yes, for sure. I'll, I'll just copy your notes. Yeah, that's okay. That's a good one. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so one you knew. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> good. I think 
Yeah, I don't think uh, our other guest uh, guessed any of the Luxembourgish ones. So you're the first one. They're they're hard though, you know. The shake note, and then also, I mean, I, I'm not sure when I say I speak Luxembourgish, I just speak. I don't know that it's really Luxembourgish. <laughs> it's a bit of a mix of everything, and people just seem to get it. I so. mean, it's about communication, yeah, exactly. I guess. If people understand it, as long as it works. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Uh, so Lisa, you uh, also raised a family in Luxembourg, essentially. So was that a way for you to sort of integrate yourself fully into the yeah. into the country? Yeah, too? I think if you have children, it's much easier. I mean, I know, I think, I kind of know for young people, it's it's harder when you, depend on what age you come here, you know, and whether you like to party or, you know, the type of job you have, it's harder. But when you have children, I just think it's, it's completely different. You know, you, you have to want to do it obviously and the fact our kids were in local school and you met I mean I was I, the only thing at that point I was probably the only mum in the class that was working so that was a bit tricky oh. you know oh yeah <laughs> and, motor. and um, <laughs> but now that's changed again so like people would meet at the school gate and you know oh, so yeah. if you wanted to know what's going on you had to be at the school gate yeah. um, the to gossip. pick up the kids <laughs> yeah please um, but you do, you got to know people because of the kids in school and also there were you don't have to do it but there are a lot of activities organised around you know, the parent teachers organize, organize things where they need volunteers. Well, you volunteer and it's nice for your kids if they see you volunteering and, you know, with the activities they did, you're doing the bouvet and pouring <laughs> yes. the beers and things, you know. Yeah, so, for yeah. Also, yeah. That's neat. That's neat. The organization of sort of events and communities, if you will, like yeah. that. But do you know if they're, I mean, it's obviously not the case for you, but do you know if people sometimes fall in like this expat bubble or in their nationalities bubble? through those organized uh, activities. Well, I think if you if your children go to the, to the international school it's maybe a little bit more like that, you know, if they're in primary school when you're organizing play dates for them and stuff. I think that probably yeah. is a risk that you run, but it's a choice you make as well because I think there are ways to break out of that sort of oh. bubble. Um Maybe if your kids go to, if you're working, your kids go to the international school, there's not a lot of time left to do, yeah. you know, to do other things with um Luxembourgers, perhaps. So what would you tell a parent who's moving into Luxembourg then? Imagine you have a friend, they're moving into Luxembourg. Depending on the age of the child, I would definitely say put the kid in local school. If the kids are young enough to go into local school, that would be my my first tip. Yeah, for sure. Why is that? Because the kids, my kids have said it was the best thing that we did. You know, okay, they went to to the international school for secondary, but they've got their friends in the village. Hmm. I mean, even... It, it depends how you want to grow up, but I guess I, you know, if you've had a pleasant childhood, you try to replicate what you had before. Yeah. And I grew up in a village, so you know, you kind of knew everybody round about. And hmm. we live in Bertrange; it was very much the same. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I would know. I didn't have to pick the kids when they were, you know, maybe eight or whatever. They start walking home from school themselves or with their friends. They're all like everybody in the street knew them, so I knew from school to home they'd be safe. Yeah, you know because there's somebody watching out for them. That's a good thing about and, Luxembourg, uh, I yeah. think. Yeah. So for me, that's that would be the first thing. If the kids are young enough, I would put them into local school. Even if you move them for secondary, a lot of people, you know, they have this, you know, if they work for the European Parliament or whatever, they have free schooling that way. But I still do local school until secondary. Mm. Yeah. Did not expect that, I have to say. But hey. <laughs> That's a that's a that's a great thing to find out. If you stay, I mean, I feel sorry for kids who've who've basically been born here and and you know go to go to an international school and don't speak any Luxembourgish, right? And they like, don't get in touch with locals. Just I I have experienced this in dance classes because I've been dancing my whole life, and the 
the, the, the teenagers or like people my age that have been in, in the European school or whatever, they just don't yeah. have any Luxembourgish French, yeah. uh, friends because they are just very international also. But you just don't meet people, I yeah. guess. Um, no, yeah. I think for sure you've got to. Yeah, no. I mean, if they come when the kids are 12, I get that. You know, that's different because the language, the, the situation with so many languages and having to be so perfect at them, <laughs> right. it's a bit of a struggle ever so slightly. Um, so I get that, you know, if your kids are older, because it's not easy. I mean, it wasn't easy for us with the languages um, because as parents, there's a lot put on you as parents doing how... Yeah, exactly. How do you it's help like, out your kids with their homework when it's in French and you don't speak French? Well... Yeah, that's hard. I mean, I do speak French, but I okay, speak sorry. French badly. Um, but and I just don't like doing. You know, I didn't like doing the homework. It wasn't. I've been to school. I kept saying to them, "I've been to school." You know, why am I doing this? I'm done. Yeah, and our school system wasn't like that. You know, the parents weren't involved in doing the homework. Yeah, that, that's curious. That's curious to find out. Uh, right then, this is a good moment to switch to our next bit. Oh, okay. Stereotypes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we're going to confirm or debunk a couple of stereotypes about Scotland because uh, like we like everybody knows each time we have a guest from a different country we have a Scot in the house (laughs) and we're gonna uh, confirm some stuff are you ready I'm ready good (laughs) first one Scots will deep fry anything when we're talking Mars bars, pizza, cheeseburger, <laughs> Cadbury cream egg, yeah. which is a chocolate egg with cream inside of it, and something that I thought was mad, Iron, Iron Brew, Iron Brew, uh, battered deep fried butter balls. So the Iron Brew one I've never tried, but yeah, I mean, yes, we. <laughs> that's fair. You've eaten a deep fried pizza. Or uh, cheeseburger. See, it's not my thing, but no. I, but but I can't say that it's that it doesn't happen I mean it's not I we went to the home of the deep fried Mars bar and mm. that's in Stonehaven yes and uh, my, my, I let my kids eat it but it was quite funny because they, they asked for a knife and fork <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was a bit horrified they were very little at the time yeah. but um, yeah so yeah no that's I think that's pretty true of many people <laughs> I've heard the deep fried not Mars me, bar is but very, very true of many people. Mm, I've heard it's delicious personally yeah uh, i'm sure it's i'll go try it someday yeah. you have to they, shop there's a shop home from home i don't know if you know it it has like american english and they have all of these the catberry eggs they will have them so you can deep fry Easter. them anytime you feel like it yeah oh, take yeah. it home deep fry it mess it up horribly and then we'll see what happens <laughs> um moving on we have uh, one that's a bit odd uh called sun worship which means that whenever there is sun people will go and just take their tops off, go to the park and have a beer in Scotland. Yes. Even if it's like... It's called taps off. No. Even if it's 10 degrees. <laughs> tops off, yeah. Yes. Love that. What's wrong with that? That's a very normal thing to do. People don't do it in Luxembourg, I think. No, we can relate, sun. though. <laughs> you have more sun than we do. No, no. If it's a nice day in Scotland, the one thing you need to do is get outside. Mm. Yeah. Which is good because you actually celebrate every nice day. Mm. So, yeah. That is yeah. neat. So yeah. for you coming to Luxembourg, was that like a oh, this weather was, Oh, yeah, this was like the Mediterranean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> this was like... Yeah, yeah. No, this is a huge improvement. Because <laughs> I always feel... Because people... If you have a stereotype about British people, it's always the complaining about weather. But I feel like we Luxembourgish people do that too all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like a, a conversation starter also, the weather. I do it too. 
So yeah, it's really oh, funny I was too. in Barcelona last week. It was so cold, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so I'm just saying. No, I think the, the, the Luxembourgish weather, I mean, yeah, we do have grey days. And I think the other thing, my parents live at the sea. So even if you, the, the weather changes much faster yeah. there, you know, so maybe it starts off rainy, the sun will come out, the clouds will come, you know, you have t- four seasons in one day for <laughs> sure. But um, so, but yeah, the weather here is probably better. Than mm. <laughs> Mass, massive improvement. Massive improvement. <laughs> but you guys have a lot of wind there and a lot of Exactly, which means that when it's 30 so. degrees, it's really pleasant. Whereas 30 degrees here, you're getting a bit kind of like, oh, it's too hot, you know, so it hangs around. Yeah. So it's diff- It's just different. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. All right, then. The next one, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but I'll just go with it. Uh, for, first one I know how to pronounce it called Burns Nights and Kaylee's. Yeah. Okay, we'll need to unpack these one at a time. Okay, these aren't stereotypes. These are things now that These happen. are facts. Yeah, yeah, these are facts. Actually, all of them have been facts. So don't think there's any stereotypes. But so you've been to a Burns Night. Of course uh, I've been to a Burns Night. <laughs> Laddie. Can you explain what it is for people that, like so, me that don't know? Yeah, so Robert Burns is our national poet, 1700s, um, and a bit of a philosopher. Is it the poppy poem that comes from him? No, no, it's no he's uh, old Lang Syne. The Americans tend ah, to think it's he. theirs, but he wrote that. For old Lang Syne, my dear, for old Lang Syne. Um, a Man's a Man for All That is a very famous poem, which is basically saying that regardless of the money you have, Okay. Um, you know, a, a, a human being is a human being. It was then spoken at the, the opening of the Scottish Parliament as well. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's, he wrote an amazing plethora of, of work. Um, some of it songs, some of it poetry. Okay. And we celebrate his birthday on, on the end of January every year. So it's kind of Burns season. And then typical Burns, Burns night would be that, if you have it, most people would have it at home and then you have a party piece. So I would sing or do a poem or something. And other people would as well, not just me. But, you know, <laughs> like with everybody would get a party piece, basically. Okay. All right. Now, this and, was uh, uh, described yeah. to me as uh, Scottish people, uh, Scots uh, gathering to celebrate that. And uh, outside, usually drink a lot of whiskey. Or uh, was that an exaggeration? What, that, that, we, that we drink a lot of whiskey? Well, f- on that, this occasion. Oh, on this occasion. That, so you would eat a, a burnt supper, of... you would have haggis. Oh, as you, so you have haggis and eat some tatties. Do. So that's that's the traditional dish. You would I would pour whiskey over my haggis. So you start there. And then obviously you toast. And typically you toast with whiskey. Oh, okay. So, you know, you either drink the whole glass or you don't drink the whole glass. Depends. <laughs> like individually, you can monitor it, really. You know? oh, right. um, but right. there's definitely whiskey involved. Um, but there's a lot of singing and a lot of poetry. As you do. It's a very cultural do. event. As you do. What, uh, uh, what about the Kayleys? Kayleys a dance. So basically it's, dance. They, it's like a get together as a party. So it's our word for a party. And typically it would be Scottish dancing. Um, well, not typically. It would be Scottish dancing. So it's set pieces and, and yeah, kilts and mm. that's Scottish I've music. I've been to one of these dances and it's amazing. Yeah, I've been to Scotland a few years back and we went to, um, how they call it, the, the festivals where they also did old Scottish... Uh, oh, like the Highland Games? Yeah, the yeah. Highland Games, exactly. Yeah, and there was Scottish dancing. Yeah. It, was, it was really interesting. And that's a, actually, that's a funny moment with my son when you say, you know, you, you live different lives. But we went to, uh, I can't remember where, we, and I'd said, I think we we're at a wedding. And I said to him, oh, do you, know, well, do you want to dance with me? Do you know how to do this? I'll show you how to do this dance. And he just looked at me and he went, I went to uni in Aberdeen. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And he went, every ball 
was a Kaylee. So he'd dance and I was like, what? And it was really shocking to me that he actually knew how to do this okay, Scottish yeah. dancing. But he'd been in, yeah, he'd been in Aberdeen for four or five years. So he Aberdeen knew. is like the most grey city ever, no? It's, 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 yeah, it's known <laughs> no, as it's granite. True, it's, it's, it's all the buildings are yeah. granite. So yes, it's, uh, right. it's very, right. very great. Yeah, but that's good that you keep that up because we have traditional dances in Bulgaria as well. And um, people don't really do that often. It's not that. It's not that popular anymore. It's People don't do it in uni. I did it in, in primary school because right. I had to. Yeah, so uh, typically, and, and but that's, that's the thing in school, you would normally December, everybody, instead of PE, you would be just dancing. <laughs> and, and it's a laugh, you know, so you do it because it's just a bit of fun. Um, and then your balls would be like that, you know, instead. And, and at weddings and festivals and stuff, yeah, we just, we still do it. The last one that I have... I, I obviously didn't slide the one about the English. Uh, that would have been, oh, do all sc Scottish people dislike English people? Um, <laughs> that would be a no. <laughs> I'm going to, no, no, we don't hate English people. We're not keen on some of the things that have been, no, let's not go there, Tail. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, we'll keep this low key. Individually, we don't. We'll keep this sweet. Um, but this one is actually a little bit violent, the next one. It's called the Glasgow Kiss. Yeah. And it's a headbutt in the face, usually in a pub at 2 a.m. in the morning. No, it can, no, it can be any time of day. Oh, ah. yeah. But is it a... It's a thing. Yes, it's a thing. It's like... What, what triggers a Glasgow kiss? If you're fighting with someone, it's the most convenient method. <laughs> <laughs> we would call it a coup de boule. Okay, yeah. yes. Zidane did that. At, uh, yeah. Not between friends. <laughs> no. Okay, no, because I've, I've been told that, you know... No, 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 no. No, it's an aggressive act. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, but mm. often... Yeah, <laughs> the person receiving end deserves it. No, I don't. I, I really don't know. But it's it's a thing, and yes, it's it's not a. It's a thing, yeah. So when you when you go to Glasgow, and if you you know, no, someone it's like rarely. I mean, I've I've actually seen it as seen somebody do it once, you know. But I've been away a long time, so I don't know what's happened in the meantime. No, there was a fight outside the uni halls one or, or a student union one night, and somebody, yeah, let rip. All right then, Lisa, we have, we're slowly uh, lending the plane of this uh, interview, if I can say that, nearing the end. And I'm wondering, well, you've been here for a very long time uh, in Luxembourg, so this is home for you, we can say that. I am Luxembourgish as well, so. And now let's buy Ah, okay, yeah. Uh -huh. Okay, since long time, or did you just... Um, uh, it's, it's been a while now, but not that long. I mean, basically, you remember they did, you probably don't remember, they had a referendum here about whether foreigners should be allowed to yeah, vote. Yeah, I had to vote. I was, I was already allowed yeah. to so, vote on that one. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was so heartful yeah. that I just, I'd been here about 20 years, I think, at the time. Maybe, maybe not quite, but um, I just thought, no. Nah. <laughs> nay nay is also the answer to the referendum and, but yeah. uh, so um, what came out yeah so then I decided to to uh, start the process and then of course Brexit so everybody in the family's done it now so, yeah, yeah, yeah my neighbour did that too he's English and he was or he had double nationality and he's became Luxembourgish after that out of protest yeah, yeah. was there a moment where you sort of were like oh this is my home now was there maybe because um, it wasn't the first no, do you know what? Like, I've always been Scottish with a British passport. Um, and now I'm, you know, Scottish with a Luxembourgish passport. I don't know. I mean, when I'm home in Scotland, I still feel very much at home. So I just struggle with that. 
Um, and, and yet when I'm here, I feel very much at home. So I, I, you know, I, I just don't know. I've got a foot in both camps, which is a nice thing. I think I just have to embrace that and think it's a nice thing, but I can't say that, you know, I feel, uh, if I don't go, I mean, after a certain time, I, I, I just long to be back in Scotland. You know, if I haven't been home for a while, I, I long to be back. Um, so, but, and I'm lucky I can get back, you know, it's not that far. I can get back. I'm very lucky in that, in that respect. I mean, typically we always say about the can, the clan gathering at Christmas. So everybody came here for Christmas, my brothers and their kids. And yeah, that's what I wanted to ask about the clans in Scotland. because I didn't know about that thing. Yeah. And I was kind of, it's not, you can trace your lineage to a certain clan yeah. if you're a Scot. Mm-hmm. So to a certain place, right? Yeah. Typically to a certain place. So, I mean, we are sort of west, my family is like the west coast of Scotland on the islands. And, but after Culloden, everybody gets scattered. So, you know, it's, we're talking hundreds of years now. Um, but yeah, you can typically. You can, so a clan you can, is not, is, what is it exactly? It's a family. It's so kinship. It's just your, no, yeah, it's kinship. Yeah. Is yeah. Your, is, so you wouldn't necessarily be, you know, in terms of you wouldn't be able to, well, I wouldn't be able to go back even to the, the 1600s with my family tree. I mean, I'd have to do it. I haven't done I'm not that interested. I'd be scared what I found. But, um, you know, it's not that we can do that. But if you buy buy a kilt, you would buy the McLean Tartan. Yeah, I mean, my son bought, we bought a kilt and it's the McLean Tartan. So you would buy uh, you would buy your 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 tartan. You would wear your tartan, and you would know. Typically, you'd know the area that you came, your family originally came from. Mm. Um, that is so, pretty yeah. cool. That's pretty cool. It all ended when uh, you know who came uh, around. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, let's say imagine you're leaving Luxembourg tomorrow, right? What is the last place that you go to to remember Luxembourg by? Oh wow! It doesn't have to be. It can be time specific or whatever. It can be. I don't know, Shuba uh, if you will. But no, that's a very lo- no. See, that's not the Shuba. It's interesting you say that because I think that's a lo- like the kids. It's always your first date. Shuba <laughs> yes. I don't have that relationship with Shuba <laughs> But um, oops, I guess the radio station would be for me. Right. Yeah, yeah. Either a walk in the woods near my home, or the radio station. Mm. It's a bit sad. Interesting. <laughs> what, what, one of it is very peaceful, and the other one yeah, is yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I usually have to go from one to the other for calmness. No, but yeah, either a walk near my home, the place we go, we've got a dog. So either there or yeah, the radio station. I think. Thanks a lot, Lisa, for thank coming you. on. Thank you. It's been fun. And thank you, uh, Laura, for co-hosting as Thanks well. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be here next time as well. Oh, no I will. <laughs> <laughs> and. A big thanks to our producer, Daniel Nepshin, as well. And, of course, thanks to our listeners for sticking with us. Tune in again in about a month for another one. Until then, take care. See ya. Bye. Luxembourg Waffle. again head to journal.lu and subscribe you can also find further information in the show notes